Okay, we're learning Daftes. We're starting from the three bottom words on Chesam and Beis. So we had, the reason we got into all of this is because the opening Mishnah says that a Besula should get married on a Wednesday. And the reason is, what will happen if he's got a Taina? If he's got some sort of claim that she wasn't really a virgin? And we want him to be hot about it and fresh, and we want the court to be open right away the next morning. If the court's open right away the next morning, he's not going to calm down. He's going to go in his anger, run to the court, and tell the court. And as we're going to see in our Gemara, there are issues that we're concerned about. It seems that the main issue is, is that she's been in our Rusa for the last year. So how, did she, how is it that she's not a Basula? It's very possible that at some point over the last year, she was Mizana and she had Bia with somebody else, which means that she was an Ish having Bia, which means that she's forbidden right now on her husband. And we don't know that for a fact. There are other possibilities of how, how uh, perhaps she's not a basula. But that's at least a concern to, that is a concern to us. So we kind of want him to come to the court in a state of hate. You know, I'm very upset. How could she have done this to me? We want that to happen right away. But otherwise, he'll cool down. If he cools down, who knows what's going to be? He's going to be with a woman that's really awesome with him. So now the Gemara is going to, based upon that introduction of, that, of our mission on that phase, the Gemara is going to launch into a sugi here. Amar Somebody who has Bia and he makes a claim. He says, My new cut, my new bride, she the, the, the Pesach was Pasuach. The entrance was totally open. So it's basically a way, his way of saying that though he didn't feel any 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 resistance. So if he didn't feel any resistance when he had Bia, he's saying it must be that she wasn't a Basula. Because usually the way it works is that it, the, 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 the walls are drawn together stronger by the hymen. So it must be that the hymen's already ruptured. And that's why it didn't feel any it didn't feel that tightness. And uh, it's more or less a way of knowing that she's not a basula. So he's not saying, though, and this is important, he's not saying, you know, I put out a cloth and I checked it and it wasn't there and there was no blood. He's not saying that. Why is he not saying that? Maybe something happened to it. Maybe, maybe, maybe he says, you know, I put out a cloth and then somehow we can't find it. Something's like that. The mapa was lost. So we don't have any evidence, any thoughts whatsoever from any bleeding. What he's saying is clearly from his physical experience of having the Bia that he's saying, I didn't experience any resistance, which to me means into a way that she cannot be that this was a basula. That's the point of the person's claim. So now the question is, if she had Bia before, maybe she had Bia within the past year when she was in Arusa, and maybe she's a, it's an Asian issue with Mazan, who's also on her husband. So the Gemara says, Neman, he is believed, loves her love. He is believed to make her usher to him. So let's break through this sense of belief. What is this belief? So this belief is based upon a principle called Shavya Anafshi Chatikha Yisura. Let me just give a little bit of an introduction. Normally, the level of testimony that we require to know that something is absolutely certain is two witnesses. And certainly, whenever you're dealing with Davr Shura Erva, let's say, you know, to know if a woman was Mizana that she's also on her husband, typically you need two witnesses. Here we don't have two witnesses. We don't have two witnesses at all. We just have the husband claiming that the, the entrance was open. But the point is, is that when halacha is relevant to you and you claim a certain fact, then we basically say, if that's what you're saying, you're believed for yourself. So in an, in an objective sense, we don't know that the woman is a sota. We don't know that. We don't even think that she might be a suffix sota. Just because one guy opened her mouth and said that the entrance was open, that's not two witnesses. But in regard to the person who opened their mouth and made the claim that, the, that, that, that she had a Bia before, so for that person who made that claim, in regard to him, we're concerned now that she can't be with him. And it's the idea is Shabiyah Nafsheh, he is making it on his soul, on himself, a forbidden piece of meat. In other words, he's saying, for me, it is also. Some Akronim understand that works as like a nether. Other people understand it's an amonis for yourself. Different ways how to understand the principle, but that's what's going on. So we're saying here that we trust that for himself, 
the Namanas is there, and therefore he can't be with her anymore. Says the Gemara, Vamai. Why? Even if we do believe what he's saying for himself, even if we do take on the Shaviyah Nafshe, and we say, Klape him, it's as if it is known that it's true that she had a Bia before. Still, Sveksveka, there's a double doubt about whether or not she's a woman who is Mizana under him that makes her Asr. Why? First of all, you don't know that it happened in the past year. It could have happened before she ever be- became married. It could be that she had a deal with somebody before she ever got married a year ago. So it's possible that she's not a sota to begin with. And even if you're concerned it happened in the past year, and that she's an Ashish Ish, who was Mizana while she was while she was married, you don't know whether she was raped or not. You don't know if it was willing or under duress. And if it was under duress, if it was Ba'ones, what's the halacha? The halacha is that a woman who commits adultery but, out, but under duress is not forbidden to her husband. The Pasuk says, when it's talking about Sota, it says, that she wasn't seized. And we darshan from there, if a woman was seized and Eshesish was uh, slept with another man under duress, she doesn't become also to her husband. So you have two possibilities here why this woman could be, still be muttered to her husband, even if it's true that his claim is right, that the entranceway was open. First of all, the BM may have happened before she ever got married, so she's not a sota. And second of all, it's possible that it was Ba'ones while she was married. So this is the principle called a double doubt. When you have a double doubt, you're allowed to be mutter. You're allowed to say it's mutter. So the point that Gemara is saying is like, even if we take on with certainty that, she was, that she's not a basula now, and that, 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 that it was Pesach Pesuach, but that's not a reason to be strict and say that he can't be with her, even if we know that it was true. Because there's a double doubt whether that means she was a zona, uh, she was a sota to her husband. So the Gemara gives two answers. Let's speak of Aisha's Kohen. Rebbe Lazar's rule could be when it was a wife of a Kohen. A wife of a Kohen, his wife is ushered to him even if the adultery was under duress. Aisha's Kohen is a new halacha that it's ushered for her to remain with her Kohen husband even if the Bia was Ba'ones. So then, then there's only one doubt, not two doubts. Yiba is saying a different answer to Aisha's Israel. Really, we keep talking about the wife of Israel. But the case was her father accepted Kedushin for her before she even turned three days old, three years old. Why does that matter? Because that means we know she was married from the very moment that she's fit to have Bia. A girl is fit to have Bia once she turns three years old. And from the moment that she was three and on, she was already a married woman. Her father had accepted Kedushin for her, which the father has an absolute legal right to do. And the father had accepted the Kedushin before she turned three. So that means that the only way she could have had Bia is as a married woman. Where there is no doubt that if there was a Bia, it was as a married woman. The only doubt could be, was it under duress? Or was it willing? Okay, say that. That's one suffix. That's not two sphagas. So if it would be a regular case, an Aishas Yisrael, and the father didn't accept Kedushin after three, you'd be right. It's a sex sphagas. And she would be mutaris, even though the person is believed with his claim of, of Pesach Pesuach. But the Rebel Azar, who's din of Pesach Pesuach, Masasi, Neman Allah, was referring to either one of these two cases, either an Aishas Kohen or an Aishas Yisrael, where the father was Makabal Kedushin before she turned three. In each of these cases, there was only one single doubt that pertains to the woman's hetero status. And since there's only one single doubt, what do I say? I say, So now the Gemara says, if those are the cases that Rabbi Lazar is talking about, only where there's one suffix, then my kamashwala, what's the novelty? The whole novelty, I guess, is this principle that even though there aren't witnesses for himself, we believe what he is saying, we take on what he's saying in regard to his, his own halacha, and therefore, that's why he can't be with her after he says Pesach Pesuach. Says the Gemara, that's not a novelty, Tanina. We know from a Mishnah, it's a general Mishnah, the principle of Shavya Nafshah. The Mishnah in Kedushin says, Ha'omer Lisha Kiddash, a man says to a woman, I betroth you. He says, you don't remember? I gave you a ring and said, you don't remember this? The woman says, no, it never happened. What is the law? She is permitted to marry his close relatives. Why? Because 
We have no testimony that they were ever married. We just have this husband's claim. So there's no belief in an objective sense. We don't, we don't have no reason to think that they're married. So she could go ahead and marry one of his relatives. It's not an Isra Korva. But who also recovers that? But he is also to her close relatives. Why is that? Because regard him to, regarding himself, by saying, I married you. So then he's saying, you know, I'm also to your sister and your mother and so on and so forth. So therefore, there's a Shavi Anapshi principle at play, and that's why he can't be with her relatives. So I see from that Mishnah that even without testimony, a person is believed for their own words, for their own halacha. That's there in the Mishnah. So then what's Rabbi Lazarus Chiddush? Rabbi Lazarus Chiddush, someone said Pesach, Pesach, Matsasi, and we're, lim- we're, we're, we're limiting a narrow, to a narrow case where it's either Nesha's Kohen or Nesha's Israel, but the father was in Kabbalah less than three years old. Then what's the novelty? Obviously, we're going to say the husband's also. Says the Gemara, there in regard to whether the person's words, did I give a woman a ring? Everyone knows whether or not they gave a ring, right? That's not something that you can be uncertain about. So you can make a claim that I was Makadish a woman, and we believe it in regard to you. When a person's having Bia here for the, for the first time with his new bride, and he's making a claim, he's saying, oh, the entranceway was open. We could say, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Right? How, it's not something that, you know, it's so easy and exactly how to draw the line and what's resistance and what's tight and what's not. It's not so simple. So maybe we could just dismiss his own claim, even regarding himself, and say, you probably really were Boal Basula, and you just made a mistake and thought that you did it. So the point that we're saying is, even if Shavia Nafsha is a principle, which is a true principle, but it's only true and we look at what the person is claiming and we say, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. It's possible, but he's saying it's true. But here it's more like, the guy could, the guy could just have a horrible flaw in understanding what Bia is, and he didn't get it, and he made a mistake on what's going on, and she really was a basula, and therefore there is no Shavia Nafsha that he should, she should be ushered in. Kamash, when her says, no, Lamaisa, you still have Shavia Nafsha, and it looks like a tremendous machlokas Rashi and Taisvers, what exactly is being informed to us? Rashi seems to say that even though he's, we don't know that he's certain, if we talk, remain with that Havamina, then he might not know what in the world he's talking about. But Lamaisa Shavia Nafshe applies even to a Taina when we ourselves are not sure he knows what he's talking about even for himself. We still say Shavia Nafshe. And it looks like the Taisvers holds that the Kamash Mulan here is that we only say Shavia Nafshe when a person is Kimle, but the Kamash Malon is, we assume that the husband would be Kimle. And very interesting machlokas. I'll just give you a, a slight, a slight machlokas in Nachronim. Let's say there are witnesses that say different than a person. So obviously, to Bastin, we believe the witnesses, not the person, right? But do we say Shavia Nafshe Kineget Edim? If witnesses say different than the Baldover, again, a Baldover claims, for me, this is a law. You know, he says, I would give that woman a ring. So we say he's also on her relatives. What if witnesses say that the ring he gave was, you know, less than a prudes or something? He said it wasn't. Is there Shavia Nafshi? Is he still also on her relatives? It's literally Kinegadeidim. How strong could Shavia Nafshi be? So it's a big hack on the a big machlaikis. To a certain degree, the Achorinim want to say that it might be totally the machlaikis Rashi Taisus here. Rashi holds Shavia Nafshi is even when it's not credible to base him, even for himself. Rashi still holds a Shavia Nafshi. If you said it, you said it. Once you say this thing is also to me, you have to take on. Whether or not we believe it is completely irrelevant. There could be witnesses against you. It doesn't matter. It might be that there's insufficient evidence. It's just your word. But it has to be credible. It has to be that we could get behind this story that it might be true that the girl wasn't a basula. So the Kamash Malan has to be that we assume that he knows what he's talking about. And if there would be Shavia Nafshe, can I get Adim or something like that? Then maybe we wouldn't, it would not be the principle of Shavia Nafshe at play. This is the Achrein Shahak a little bit. All right, so that finishes part one of the sugya. Part one of the sugya, 
it's very important to break up this sugya. It's like an important zach to break it up into the three parts. Okay, three parts, and then it's a little bit smoother. So we just completed part number one here. Okay, we're done. We understand what Rabbi Lazar is saying. Rabbi Lazar is saying that there is shavia and ashi chatika the isura. There's a principle. You could apply that even to a husband saying Pesach Pasuach Matsasi. We're concerned it's true for himself and therefore that his wife was Mizana over the past year. The reason it's not a Sfex Feka is because Rebbe Lazar was talking about an Asher's Kohen and an Asher's Israel less than three years old. And the novelty of what he's saying is that we assume or we still have Shavi Anashit despite the fact that we can say, hey, maybe it's not so clear he knows what he's talking about. So a new point. Me and Rebbe Lazar Did Rebbe Lazar really say this? Did Rebbe Lazar say that through Shavi Anashit a woman could be determined to be a sota to him in Asr. If Amar Abelazar, Abelazar has said another statement. This is a cryptic statement from Abelazar. A woman only becomes prohibited to her husband through if she was warned not to be with somebody else and then she secluded herself with somebody else. And like the story that occurred between David HaMalach and Bathsheba. David HaMalach had been with Bathsheba after her husband Uriah went off to battle. The Gemara is going to get, off into, get into the details of the story. But the implication is that Rebbe Lazar is saying a statement that the only way that a woman becomes also to her husband that sota is through the process of kinoi and stira. Meaning to say that if a husband has knowledge that his wife was mizana, but it didn't happen specifically through kinoi and stira, then the woman is not also to her husband. Very interesting. The Gemara thinks at this point that that's the point that Rebbe Lazar is making. That, and this is a, it's, like a, it's interesting that it would be that way because usually if you know that something is awesome, something is awesome. So if you know that your wife is Mizana, she, she should be awesome to you. Says Rebbe Lazar, and this is what the Gehava mean of Rebbe Lazar is saying is that it's not like that. You know, sometimes a person, let's say, makes a Kedushin, but there were no witnesses, right? Let's say there are no witnesses who were present. The Kedushin is not good even if you know you gave the ring. Like in the Mishnah we gave before where he says, I know I married you, yeah? He must be also be saying, I know I married you in front of witnesses. Maybe they ran away to Medina Sayyama and we can't ask them. But there's always got to be witnesses for the condition to get off. And what it seems like Rabbi Lazar is basically saying is that a woman becoming also to her husband, this idea of Aishas Ish becoming Naseris al is a very unique thing. There's a dinim, day that the Torah works, kino yistira, process, there are witnesses to each thing, and then there's a din that a sota becomes also. But knowledge of adultery does not make a woman also. Without witnesses, the law is that she is mutaris. It's not about the reality. Is you need Adim Lakayim Hadavar. You need Adim to make the matter happen. For in order for a woman to be also on her husband, there have to be some sense of formality of Kino Yistira slash witnesses. And short of that, even with the husband's knowledge, the Umar is making the assumption that that's Pshan and Rabbi Lazar, the woman doesn't become also. So even if there's a Shavya Nafshi and the man is saying, I'm concerned my wife was Mazana in the past year, who cares? She should still be permitted. That's the question of the Gemara. It's not the Gemara, that's ridiculous. Because Batisbra, you think that's what Rebbe Lazar really said? What? I don't understand. You're saying, Rebbe Lazar said, like the story that happened with David and, and Bathsheba. What? In the story of David and Bathsheba, there was, there was Kino and Stira. Uriah had never warned her not, not to seclude herself with David. That, that, that never happened. Look, look throughout the whole story. That never happened. And further, they never asked Bathsheba to her husband. If the point of Rebbe Lazar's statement is that a woman is only also on her husband with Kino and Stira, and like the story that happened with David and Bathsheba, it would, I guess it was supposed to mean that Oria warned Bathsheba, don't be alone with David. And when she did, she became Asr on Oria. But that's never happened. That's not the story. She didn't become warned. And she was never actually Asr. The opposite, to the contrary. She ended up being with David Amalek later on. So what in the world, would, how, how can that be the, the meaning of Rebbe Lazar's statement that the only way a woman becomes Asr to her husband is through Kino and Stira? And like the story that happened with David and Bathsheba, that's not what happened in that story. So the Gemara says, well, actually, Halokasha, that's not such a difficult question. We can interpret Rebbe Lazar's statement like this. 
her woman doesn't become Asra on her husband unless it was Kino and Sira. And not through the knowledge of the husband. And how do I know that? And how do I know that knowledge of the husband is not alone? How do I know that you need witnesses to make her Asra? Because of the story. Not because the Kino and Sira happened by David and Shabbat, but Punk Fakaret. The reason that she remained Mutaris is because there was not Kino and Sira, so she remained Mutaris. That's why she didn't become Asr. Meaning, for the fact that Bathsheba did not become Asr and Urya, even though she was involved with David, what's the pshat? It must be that even though it, it happened, but that didn't mean that she's Asr, because since it happened without witnesses or without Kino and Sira, so therefore she did not become Asr. So the opposite. Rabbi Lazar is proving his theory from the heck of Bathsheba. So really, we're sticking to what we assume Rabbi Lazar meant. A woman doesn't become also even if it happened. It's not about the reality it happens. She only becomes also through Adim slash Kino and Sira. But we're saying the proof to that is that, that that's why Batsheva did not become also on Orya, even though she was involved with David. The answer was it wasn't the formal Kino and Sira slash Adim. So now getting back to us, now that we clarified his meaning. So now our question is back. Kino and Sira in Pesach It sounds like knowledge alone of a husband saying Pesach Pesuach shouldn't answer his wife on him. It's only through witnesses or Kino and Sira. So how could it be, how could Rebbe Lazar also say that a woman through Kino and Pesach Pesuach, the wife is also on him because of Shabbat and Nafshei? Well, let's think this through. According to your own reason, the way we're understanding Rebbe Lazar, that the only way a woman becomes Asr is Kino and Sira. Well, why don't I make a further implication? Kino and Sira in, it's only if there was a warning and seclusion that she becomes Asr. Adam Lo, should I say that even if there are witnesses to her adultery that she's not Asr? That can't be true. Obviously, we know if there are witnesses that a woman was Mazana, she's Asr. The Torah says, A man has to divorce his wife. When it's found out that she was a moron, we darshan from that. When there was testimony that she was Mazana. We have Rashi as a second source as well, but evidently that's impossible to say that even if there are witnesses who saw the Bia, that she's not Asr. I take the statement of Rabbi Lazar literally, a woman only becomes Asr and her husband through Kino and Sira. So wait a second, the same way that implication is off, now maybe we have to readjust completely what Rabbi Lazar actually said. This is what Rabbi Lazar meant. A woman doesn't become Asr to her husband if there's only testimony from one witness, meaning the husband doesn't know anything, and just one witness shows up and says, I saw your wife sleep with somebody else. There, she doesn't become Asr. Unless there are two witnesses. So if there was Kinoi and Stira, the husband warned her and she, not, and, and not to be with somebody, and she secluded herself, and then one witness says she was Mazana, there we will leave one witness. But if there was no Kinoi and Stira, we don't believe one witness to say that adultery happened. We need two witnesses to say that, that adultery happened. That's the statement of Rebbe Lazar. So to now take a step back, it's not that Rebbe Lazar is saying that knowledge doesn't make a woman Asr. It's not like he's saying if there weren't witnesses, she can't become Asr. That wasn't his point. His point was that if the husband doesn't know and the only <coughs> facts on the ground are a single witness saying there was adultery, a single witness is disregarded. In the one case where a single witness is believed if there was a Kinoi and a Sira beforehand. But of course, two witnesses or something would be believed. So, again, if there's Kinoi and Sira, then one witness is believed. Now, getting back to us, when the husband himself says, I know that she was Mazana, I know that she was a Basula, it's just like there's two witnesses. What does the Gemara mean? It's just like there's two witnesses. It doesn't mean objectively, it's as if there's two witnesses. It means clapping himself, it's like there's two witnesses. Meaning that the point of Pesach Pesuach is, I have knowledge for myself that my wife might have been Mazana because I found that there was no resistance. So clapping myself, we have to be as if it is known to us that there is knowledge that she was Mazana, so she'd be awesome. 
In the Havamina of the Gemara, this is where you have to like take it back. In the Havamina of the Gemara, we thought that that's not what Rabbi Lazar was saying. We thought Rabbi Lazar was making a statement that a woman is only usher if there are actual witnesses. In other words, it's got to be absolutely, it's got to be through the witnesses in the process of Kinoi and Stira that she becomes usher. Knowledge alone won't make her usher. Zog the Gemara, that's not the Vard over here at all. The Vard of Rabbi Lazar is when there's only a single witness and you don't know anything, then you don't have to believe the, the single witness. You need, there aren't two witnesses. Unless it was Kinoi and Stira, you believe the single witness. But it is about knowledge. It is about that. It's not that a woman doesn't become usher unless there are witnesses. If you have knowledge that can attest that I know that she was Mizana, then it is usher to you. And there could be a Shavi Anashe at play. So the Gemara had switched. Initially, the shot we thought from Rabbi Lazar is that there can't be Shavi Anashe and a Wasota. The very essence of the mechanics of the Isra Sota Labaila is through Adam being Mekayim and she becomes usher. The Gemara is falling away from that. Avada, a woman becomes also on her husband through knowledge of her husband as well. The husband knows that she was Mizana, the husband can't be with her. The meaning of our blood's statement was just if the husband doesn't know anything and there's a single witness who shows up, the, the single witness is not believed unless it was Kino and Stira. Now, if that's true, what are we coming out? That if a husband knows that his wife was Mizana, then he can't be with her. So in the story, now we have a lot of work to do. So let's go back to the story of Batsheva. Batsheva, it was evidently, it was known to David and it became known, um, it became known to David and it became known to Oria that it happened. So maybe we didn't have actually two witnesses. We didn't have two witnesses that she was Mizana. But it was known to the parties. So if it was known to the parties, then she should have been Osir and Oria, and as a byproduct of that, she should be Osir and David Amalach also. If we would have said like the Havamina, that even if there is knowledge from people, but if there weren't two witnesses who saw it, then it's not Osir, very gishmak. There weren't two witnesses who saw, who saw Batsheva with David. But if you say that knowledge alone really could answer, it's not, and we just meant to say that if nobody knows but one witness, that that's not enough. So wait a second. So how come Batsheva wasn't Asar and David? He knew, and Oria ended up knowing, so it should be Asar and Oria, and it should therefore be Asar and David. Herod says, and this is a very bizarre Gemara, obviously very hard to understand. David HaMelech raped her. It was Oynes. And if it was Oynes, it was forced, therefore she didn't become Asar and her husband. Remember that halacha. So it does not usher when it's bonus. And since it wasn't usher on her husband, it wasn't usher to David either. The only case where it's usher, when a woman is mezana, that she's usher on the person that she committed adultery with is when that bia made her usher on her husband as well. But if David HaMelech raped her and it was oines, so she was never usher on Uriah, then she's not usher on David HaMelech in the future as well after the divorce. So this is obviously a very hard gemara to process, right? What does that mean? David HaMelech was ma'anis, a person. How, how could it be? You know, we struggle with understanding that it was Aisha Sish, but wait a second, it was also, also a new fact that it was Aines. It seems like a very hard thing. So it's possible that it doesn't mean, you know, in a physical sense, it means that it was, she, she, she felt that she had no choice. That's obviously a, a, a bit of a, of, of a defense, but also it could be that she was a minor. She was a minor, it's always treated like Ones. It's possible that there's something to do with that. At any rate, that's the first approach of the Gemara. Says the Gemara, second approach, anyone who goes out to fight the war from David, when in the times of, of, of David Amelach, they would first write a divorce for his wife. It says, by the instructions, give it to David, his father, look into your brother's well being and take his Aruba. What does that mean? Take his Aruba. Means things that are between him and her. Meaning, take the marriage between them. David was instructing his father to take the marriage of his brothers to make sure that they got the gittin from the husbands before they went out to war. 
So what is this idea that they were right getting? They were scared that they would die in battle and the, the wife wouldn't know what's going on. Or she might fall to Yibum to someone she doesn't want to fall to. So what they would do is they would write a divorce and Rashi learns what they would write was, it's like, if I end up dying retroactively, you divorce from now. That's Rashi Shita. They divorced her conditionally based upon whether they would end up dying. That is Rashi Shita. So now, according to Rashi, let's think about what the Gemara is saying. Or you wrote a get to Batsheva before he went out to battle, that if he would die, then retroactively, then she was divorced. Tavana Melech had Bia, and then, and then, right, and then Oria dies. So very good. So it turns out that, 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 that it really wasn't Ishish Ish. It turns out that she was really a divorced woman. That's the way that Rashi seems to learn the Gemara. So that it comes out that the story with Tavana Melech is really just like, it, it, it doesn't really Ishish Ish at all. So that, that, it's kind of like a twist on the whole thing. It's hard really to process what Rabbi Lazar is saying. Amar Rabbi Lazar, a woman is only also on her husband, that, what do you mean It's difficult to process. Really, it turns out that she wasn't an Ishish Ish. Or even in the previous answer, that it ended up being an onus. So why is he even bringing that in? The reason why Batsheva was mother to David is either because she wasn't Nasaris to her husband because it was Ba'onas or because she was divorced. It, it's not really related to Rabbi Lazar's statement, was at all. It's hard to really process that point at the end. But after all said and done, we're coming out of Maskana, a sota is also to her husband automatically if the Bia happened. You don't need two witnesses to see it. It's just a question of knowing that it happened. A husband doesn't have to believe a single witness. If there's Kina and Stira, he does. And, uh, but if he knows, he says, Pesach Pasuach, so then there, w- there could be Shavi Anashi. The famous Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim explains why it's a different taka than Gitin Vikadushin, where you need two witnesses or else it can't happen. So like Reb Chaim, because the Chalais is a Chalais de Memela. There are things that you create and there are things that just happen themselves. When a woman is Mazana, the Isra is Memela. Memela, she's also. It's not the Pshat, something new Chalais is happening. The Chalais is that the reality of a woman who is a Saita is that she can't be with her husband. When I'm making a Kedushin, creating something, being Pailachalais through Das, so then there's a Halacha that, that it can only be achieved through witnesses uh, with, uh, testifying to it, being there on presence. It's not enough that we, we and she know about it, we need to actually have the witnesses. But the Isra of Saita Labada is a Chalais to Memela. It's not the fact that someone affecting that, it just happens. If there was no, then the woman is Asr. And since it just happens, Therefore, we say we don't lamise any witnesses. If the husband knows about it, then she is also. And that's why, coming full circle, if the husband had B and he says, Pesach Patsuach wants us, so there's a Shavi and Ashi Khatigli Yisura at play, then the woman would, in fact, be also on her husband. Says the Gemara, we can bring a ride to Rabbi Lazar. What was the whole Mishnah? That's our whole thing. Basula needs to that the Basula gets married on Wednesday. We want Wednesday, not Thursday. My time, but what was the reason? What did we explain? Because we were concerned he would cool off. We were concerned if the marriage would be Thursday and he has Bia with her first Thursday night and discovers that she's not a, that she's not a Basula, his anger might cool down by the time next time the court opens on Monday. He may never show up, right? And we're concerned he cools down. So why do we care if he would cool down? Lamai, what's the issue here that the rabbis are concerned about? of If the issue is then does he have to pay her the ksuba? Meaning, he might be upset that she's, a, that she's not a basula because he could say, I wanted to marry a basula and I feel tricked. I feel tricked if she's not a basula. I don't feel like if I divorce her, I should have to pay the ksuba because I feel like I was tricked into the whole marriage. That's why we want him to come to the court and we're very concerned if he'd cool off, he doesn't come. So tomorrow, why do we care? If he cools off and is not upset about the fact that he was tricked and ends up forgiving her and he's willing to pay her a full ksuba at a later point, let it be. Why do we care about that? We're making a legislation that he has to get married on a Wednesday so that he doesn't cool off and shows up in the court right away if he has an issue with the fact that she wasn't a basula. If the issue of her not being a basula was relevant to the monetary shaila of paying her exuba, we don't care. To us, basically, if you want to forego it, you want to cool down, cool down. You want to pay her more money than you're technically obligated to, so cool down. That doesn't bother the court. 
clearly the reason we don't want him to cool off is because we're concerned that she is usher to him. And if he doesn't cool down, then uh, he might continue to be with a woman that he's not allowed to be with. If she really was not a basula, then that means she was mezana, which means that he can't be with her. We don't want him to cool off. We want him to come to the court and, 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 and get involved. Obviously, is that he has a claim, which is what we want to hear about. What claim would he say? My love, the Vardis, he's going to show up to the court and say, And we see, it must be there's Nemanis, because if we would say, not like Rebbe Lazar, let's say we would say, not like Rebbe Lazar, we would say, if a Kassan shows up in court and says, we'd say, you don't know what B is, you don't know anything, calm down, she was probably a Basula. If that would be our reaction, and we would allow her to stay with her, we would allow him to stay with her, then why would we care to let him make him get married on Wednesday? Must be, and that's why we want him to get married on Wednesday, on Wednesday so that he'll be fresh and hot and he will come to the court and tell us his time of Pesach Pesuach. And because there is a Nehmanus, there is a Shavi HaNafsheh. If there wouldn't be Shavi HaNafsheh to be, believe his claim of Pesach Pesuach, then we would have no reason to care specifically that he got, to, to, that, that, whether or not he would cool down. Says the Gemara law, that, that's not necessarily his claim. The Katan Tain is Daman. The Mishnah could be dealing with a case where he has a claim that there was no blood. Meaning he could say, I put down, a, I put down the cloth before, I put down the mappa, and I examined it afterwards, and it were Edom and Shushvinan and everything, and, and there was no blood. And that, certainly, there's a Shavi Anafshe for it. Meaning Rebbe Lazar was being Mechadesh, that there's a Shavi Anafshe for someone who doesn't know about the mappa. He says, the mappa was lost. I don't know about the blood. But I'll tell you this much. I had B up at Pesach Pesuch. Rebbe Lazar was Mechadesh, that there's Shavi Anafshe. We could have said, not like Rebbe Lazar. We could have said, no one knows that. You don't. You can't be certain just from the experience and the resistance that she was a basula abula. You can't know from that. But dumbin is something which you can know. You could be certain. Hey, there was no blood on the cloth. I know that she was. She wasn't a basula. So the Mishnah could have not want him to cool down in case he had a time of dumbin that the that the mappa wasn't bloody. Therefore, we want to say that he should get married on Wednesday because there avada there would be shavi on option. Rabbi Lazar came along and said another chiddush that even where the mappa was lost and the husband is claiming pesach pasuach matzasi. There we also have Shavi Anashim. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but there's no compelling evidence from the Mishnah. Very gishmak. So we're coming out that we can't prove Rabbi Lazar from the Mishnah. It's possible there is no Shavi Anashim from, from Pesach Pesuah. But Lamaisa, we could accept it. There's no kasha on Rabbi Lazar. And again, the issue boils down to, is there Shavi Anashim or do we say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. There's no, there's no kimlach. There's no certainty about Pesach Pesuah. So I'll take Rabbi Yudah continues the conversation to a different area of halacha. Imagine, again, I lost the mapa, I don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you this much, Pesach Pesuach Matzasi. Now, Zalk Rabbi Yudah does when he divorces her, does he have to pay the ksuba or not? So what's the Shailah? The Shailah here is, for some reason, he is not talking about whether or not she's Asra. It would be mashma. Right, that he not, does not hold that necessarily the woman is Asr. This is second statement from Rabbi Yudah Marshmuel. Again, it's a different Amor talking. It's not Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar until now said, Pesach Pesuach Monsalsi, what's the din? Nemelah Yisraelah. Right? Nemelah Yisraelah. We're concerned that uh, she was Mizana. Nemelah Yisraelah of Asr. Now Rabbi Yudah Marshmuel is saying, I'm not talking about that, whether she's Asr, but I want to know when he divorces her, does he have to pay the Ksuba? So it's possible he disagrees whether or not she's also about, about, about it to be also him. It's also possible he might be talking about someone who was a regular HGC Israel that was married after the age of three, in which case the wife was allowed to stay. Why? Because it was a double doubt. Remember the Gemara Dhamad Aleph. The only case where, where Nehman the Osra love, where Rabbi Lazar was talking about, was if it was HGC Cohen or HGC Al Maybe Rav Yudam or Shmuel here in the Gemara could be talking about 
where you don't have that. And there was a Sfex Vega. So the woman was muttered to stay with her husband. But Lemaisa, he made a claim that she was not a Basula. So when he goes to divorce her, if his claim is believed, then he doesn't have to pay the Ksuva. Why? Because the Ksuva of 200 is only given to a Basula. If the girl was not a Basula, you don't have to give. So maybe she wasn't also on him because we had a suffix. Maybe she was forced or... Maybe she was from before, right? Maybe she was, she was, she was, uh, she, she had Bia before she got married. But he's coming along with a different point here. If I didn't end up marrying a Basula, then I don't have to pay a Ksuba of 200. That's the new discussion in the Gemara. Do you have to pay the Ksuba of 200? Or do we say, do we say that we believe that the husband is claiming that she wasn't a Basula when he married her? And therefore, he does not have to pay the Ksuba of 200. So it's a new conversation now. Rav Yudah Marshmullah switched the conversation not about is it usher for her to remain to him, but a new conversation, when he goes to divorce, does he have to pay the Ksuba of 200, which was reserved only for a Basula? And Rav Yudam is saying, he is Nema. We believe him, the depriver of the Ksuba of 200. What's the Pshat? So we have to let the Gemara continue. Let's continue a little bit, and then we'll come to what the Pshat is. So now this is what I guess we have to struggle with is, there, there, it's like certain that there's a Chazaka that he has to have to pay the Ksuba, meaning we normally assume a, a girl is a Basula, and, and she's probably claiming she is a Basula, right? That she was a Basula. So why, if there's a Pashtas that he's high of, then why should we assume that he's not just because he's claiming she's not? So we needed to explain it a little bit. So first the Gemara brings a proof. We see this in the Mishnah. Someone who eats by his father-in-law's house in Yehuda during his time when he was married to his wife, but only Arusa, and there were no witnesses there. They, they, there were no witnesses who could testify if they were alone or not. Any of Basula. In the future, if he marries her and he says, hey, she wasn't a Basula, he cannot claim, oh, I don't have to pay her the full amount of the Ksuba because of that. Because he was secluded himself with her during the time when they are Arusa. Meaning, remember in Yehuda, they want them to be alone together while they were Aris and Arusa. So we suspect that the husband himself made a deal with her when they were, she was in Arusa. So of course you can't claim, I don't want to pay the Ksuba of 200 later because she wasn't a Basula because <laughs> you were the one who had Bia with her that made her not a Basula. So in Yehuda, you can't claim that because we're nervous that he was the one who had Bia with her. In another place, like the Galil, where, the, where the, usually the, 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 the Minog is not for them to be alone while they're ours in Arusa, he could make the claim. He could make a claim that she wasn't a Basula. Ulamai, what issue is the claim being spoken about? If he's making the claim in, in, in Galil to say, hey, I'm in Galil, I go to have Bia with her the first time and she's not a Basula. And even in Yehuda, you should believe. Since he, if, he, if a husband would claim, if a husband claims, I didn't have Bia with her when, 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 we were, when we were, I was an Aris and she was an Arusa. We didn't have Bia. And I'm claiming she's still not a Basula and she probably had Bia with another man. If he claims that, why shouldn't he be believed? Meaning the point that the Gemara is saying is, even if in Yehuda it's likely that they secluded alone and it's possible that he had Bia, but there could still be a Shavi on Ashe. If he said, if he comes along and he says, I'm telling you that I didn't have Bia with her while, while, while we were ours in Arusa, and I'm telling you that, that she was still not a Basula the first time I went with her, so I'm, we're concerned that maybe she had Bia before, even in Yehuda, we should take on his claim. Must be the mission was talking about Ksuba, and now it makes sense. He's making a taina. I don't have to pay the Ksuba. What's his taina? Oh, I'm telling you, she wasn't a Basula. And we're saying, yeah, but we don't, but in regard to whether or not we think you have to pay, well, you probably had Bia with her. That's probably what happened, and that's probably why she wasn't a Basula, and therefore you should pay the full amount. So, so, and that's why in Yehuda he's not believed, but in the Galil he would be believed. 
In the Gala, where it's not likely he had beer with her when there was Ars Arusa, so he'd be believed and he doesn't have to pay. So what time is the Mishnah speaking about? My love to Kotan time He's probably time Pesach The Gemara considers that more likely. And therefore, in Yehuda, we don't believe him, but in, Ye- but, but, but in the Galil, we do believe him. So it's a proof to what, what Shmuel was saying. In other words, it wasn't even a Chiddush what Shmuel was saying. Shmuel was saying, he doesn't have to pay the Ksu. But clearly we see that. We see in the Galil, if a guy is a claim, Dinas Pesulim, but Gemara assuming now means he's claiming Pesach Pesuach. He's believed, presumably he's believed means over here for Ksuba because it can't be for Nehman Allah for Allah because then even in Yehuda he should have been believed. It must be it's about Ksuba and for, for, for Yehuda he's not believed but in Gali he's believed. So we see there's a belief not to pay the Ksuba. Says the Gemara low, it doesn't have to be speaking about that. The Katan Tan is Damim. It could be the case is that he was Tain, Tainas Damim. In other words, he has a Tain not about Pesach Pesuach but that I saw on the map afterwards there was no blood. So maybe on Pesach Pesuach it's not a certain enough claim. You can't really be sure about it to make her lose the Ksuba. But, but in regard to Tanis Dalman, which you could be more certain about there, you would be Nehman to, to be Masa So the Gemara hasn't brought a proof one way or the other to Shmuel's statement. But again, the question is, why is the statement true? What is the halacha of a person? The posture says he has to pay the Ksuba 200. He's making a claim she wasn't a Basula. We're saying, oh, okay, we believe him. We believe you, even though the wife is claiming not, and then he has to pay. So what's Taka the reason? So the Gemara continues just a little bit more. The whole halacha to pay the Ksuba of 200 is a Din Durabanan. The Ksuba payment is a Durabanan halacha. It's not by Torah law, you have to pay Ksuba, it's a Durabanan. The Vardis, the rabbi said, and the rabbi said, the same rabbis that say you pay Ksuba also says that if the husband claims that Pesach, Pesuach, Matzasi, then you could believe him. That's the Yisoyed. The Yisoyed is that it's an Ammonus because of the Durabanan. So, if, what did the Chachamim achieve? If any husband can just lie and say Pesach, Pesuch, Matzasi and not get out of paying the Ksuba, so what kind of Takana is that? Answers the Gemara. There's an assumption no one would go through the waste of preparing a wedding and then waste it. Meaning, obviously, if the guy is claiming Pesach Pesuach and getting out of it, he must dislike his wife. If he dislikes his wife, then why did he just not get married? Why did he make the whole wedding feast? And again, you have to remember, he's immediately claiming Pesach Pesuach. If he would claim it after a later point, we would say, oh, he grew to dislike her. But here where he's immediately claiming Pesach Pesuach, there's an assumption no one would make a wedding and then right away not claim that Pesach Pesuach Matzasi and lie. Must be he's telling the truth. If he's telling the truth, that's why he doesn't have to pay the Ksuba. So let's just try to speak out the radio because this is not such a simple thing that's going on. On the one hand, we're saying if it would be a Dindar Raisa to pay the Ksuba, he wouldn't be Nevan. It's only because it's a Dindar Rabbanan. On the other hand, what we're saying is the reason why the Rabbanan believed it is because there's a Chazaka, a person's not to Reach on the Suda and be Mavshir. So it's a hard thing because if that's a legal assumption that makes it like, you know, it's clear he's telling the truth, then even if Ksuba is Daraisa, we should believe because of that. It sounds like, no, it's only enough of a Chazaka to give him an Ammonis, clap it at the Rabbanan. That's what it seems like. That's a hard point in the Sukkot. But either way, what we're coming out with is that a husband is believed. A husband is believed only because it's a Darabanan Ammonis. But had it been a Daraisa, they have to pay the Ksuba, the husband wouldn't be believed. And again, the belief is based upon the Chazaka. Fractory Shainim, I don't understand. There's a principle of Amotzi Mechavir, Allah Haraya. Whenever we have a doubt, if I owe you money, if I have to pay you, we say the burden of proof is upon who? Upon the person who's taking the money. So every ksuba, who's the motzi mechavero? The woman. The woman wants money out of her husband. So the husband claims, he makes a claim. And you weren't a basula when I married you. So even if we don't know who's telling the truth, she said, he said, so who, what should happen? The burden of proof should be upon the woman. So why does the Gemara Mavur, the only reason the husband doesn't have to pay is because it's, an, it's a drabanon, or it's because of a chazaka, let alone leave a, even if it would be a daraisa, and even if there wouldn't be a chazaka. Lamaisa, he's making a claim he doesn't have to pay. 
and she doesn't have proof to the contrary, so it's he said, she said, I'm Otsim Mechaber, all of our eye. This is the big kasha from the Rishon. Very interesting question. So Rishon, basically, our Mavur, Yisoyed, and this is hard to know exactly how this works, very hard to understand, uh, to fully, fully, fully grasp this. But it basically sounds like his claim, her claim, I'm sorry, but Etzim is stronger than his claim. It's he probably doesn't know what he's talking about. She probably has a bunch of other migus of other things she could say. And since Be'etim, his claim is weak, despite the fact that it's really a Muslim Chavarala situation, we'll go with her. But that's fair. Where's the Raya? What do you trying to mean? So basically, the rate is, is that there's a Chezkas Kiyov by the Ksuba. The Pashta says you have to pay. There's a, there's a star, there's a document. Comes along a husband out of left field and says, by the way, the, the ksuba that you're holding isn't really valid to say you can collect it because pasa pasuach. He's undermining the basic state of assumption that there is an obligation. So he's trying to change status quo. So I know it's changing it, and now if he's right, she's the most mechavero. But how gufa, we say you don't have the right to make a suffix on the pastures of the chiyav of the ksuba because her claim is a better claim than your claim. That's the var. I'm along the Rabbanim with the new Nehemanus and they say that they believe him. It's a very, very subtle vart. Because really, ultimately, if we have a Suffolk and if we were clarifying, we would say the burden of proof is on the woman. But the vart here is, is that we don't really see a Suffolk being created by his claim if it would be a Darais or without the Chazalka because the Pashtus is that there's a Chiv to the Ksuba. And that's a very hard point, a little point in Chashem Mishpah, but that's what the Rishonim seem to discuss.